me today is a lovely lady who I've known for the past couple of years now, probably going on four years now. Her name is Sully. I think she could probably answer more better than I am. Wait, am I introducing myself again? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Hi, uh, my name is Salina Naomi Koreas. I yeah, and Soli is my nickname. It's been with me since uh, fourth grade. Uh, and I'm here with Brian. And we, I think, uh, not August, September or October, it's going to be four years. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, this is another BMC, BMCC connection. I, I feel like at this point, I'm just going to call this show the BMCC show. The BMC show and, Brian, where it's just like a lot of my connections, uh, well, not a lot of my connections, but a lot of people who I know are from BMCC, but there's a reason for that because their slogan is literally start here, go anywhere, and I, and that goes with a lot of the friendships you get at BMCC too, where it's just like start here, go anywhere in terms of your friendship, especially with beer, but that's a whole other story. I, I feel like I'm tapped out with BMCC stuff, but so, how did you get into performing arts? Was it like uh, something at an early age where it's like you saw something that you like, especially on theater, or was it just like, I want to try this, you know, it's acting, it, it, it shouldn't be that hard. So basically, I, I always tell this story because it's like, it, it's, it's not wild, but it's like, wow, like you, you 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 find out in such a young age so like basically i was four years old i was in preschool and in my preschool they uh had two little programs either uh gymnastic or they um have you do the violin and so why i'm gonna try the violin so at age four i was playing the violin and for graduation, um, we had to go on stage and perform the violin. And as I was done with the violin and everyone was clapping, I was just like looking at everyone to see how everyone was so happy. There was something in me that was like, something in me was, was like, you belong on stage, just not with an instrument. Yeah. So when we were all done and we walked out of the stage and I went straight to my mom, my mom was like, yeah, I'm proud of you. And literally the first thing that I told her was, I want to be an actor when I grow up. And my mom and, and I repeated myself. I said, I said, I want to be an actor when I grow up. And you know, once you're, you're four years old, is yeah. have a huge imagination. So like, of course she's gonna be like, ah, okay. And then, so I was more of a like cleft lip pally. I had like a bunch of surger, uh, surgeries and like a bunch of surgeons. And this one specific surgeon, uh, David Staffenberg, he would used to record his sessions with the patients, bring like his students in and see like what they're gonna do. And every time I saw like, even, even when I saw like a camera to take a picture or like to take a video, I just get excited. And every, after every, uh, appointment, I would always say, hey, uh, just so you know, I'm going to be an actor when I grow up. And 
people, you know, still little can imagine. They're like, okay, she's like at a young age. All right, sure. But then little did they know, I'm, I, I kept that word. I, that's, that's been my, my plan A and my, and my end game, basically. Like I'm, I'm going to be an actor. And yeah. I, I've been saying that since age four. Yeah, I think for the most part, it's like once you get bitten by the acting bug or at least being on stage, but you just have this tendency of just like wanting to be on stage again and again. And it doesn't matter, like, you know, even if you aren't an actor and you're just working behind the scenes, you're literally on stage, like, for a few seconds trying to make sure everything is not, you know, falling in place, that sort of thing. But with acting, it's like, it's a whole other thing where it's just like once you start like being off book and knowing that line and just being on stage it's like you literally just start becoming like the character so yeah it's like i do agree it's like once you get on stage it's like you don't want to get off the stage <laughs> so it's like once you're on the stage it's like i don't want to get off yeah so like and then there's that stagehand who's coming out with the with that uh, thing like from uh, what is it? I think Showtime in a, uh, at the Apollo, where it's like they have the uh, the the the, the, uh, the hook thing, where it's just like it's always still on stage, and all of a sudden you just you just see someone just coming out with the hook and just like yeah. But yeah, it's like literally once you're on stage, you really don't want to get off on stage. It's like and yeah, so when you were growing up and studying actors, like, oh, I want to be an actress when I grow up. I want to act. Did you have any advice from that previously? Or was it just like, I'm just going to do it by myself? That's what I Because people were like, oh, you know, just like, I would love to see your act, that sort of thing. And, or did you have, like, guidance from, like, some, uh, yeah, did you have, like, guidance that, that, that was pushing you in the right direction? Well, I honestly, I never really had guidance growing up. Uh, I'm the very first person that is interested in being in the whole entertainment industry. Uh, my, you know, my, my, uh, my parents, like, they always worked hard and, you know, they were like, okay, like, we're gonna let her, like, do her own thing, but I never really had I never had someone to be like, hey, I want to be an actor. What should I do? Uh, not until high school. I went to a theater school, uh, Bronx Theater High School. They partnered with uh, Roundabout Theater Company. Ah, good old Roundabout. Yeah, so I'm very familiar with everyone there. Um, and I remember... I. Uh, in middle school, when I found out I got into the school, I was like, okay, like, this is my opportunity to act because the last time I was really on stage doing something was age four. So, you know, growing up, I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And the only things that I had was like a little bit of guidance, not really, um, was, you know, when, when you were young and you used to like have those car rides and out of nowhere in the radio, it's like, hey, you want to be like Selena Gomez in uh, Wizards yeah. of Waverly Place? 
um, do you want to be like a Disney star? Call this number. And one day, like, I, I called the number. And, uh, you know, they didn't pick up. I was like, okay, whatever. And uh, they called me back. And they were like, hey, like, um, I did speak to them. And they called me back. And they were like, hey, uh, you know, we found you on the internet. This was when, like, MySpace was a thing. I was, like, in uh, middle school around this and I had like super super long hair and so I um they someone contacted me and they were like hey uh we've seen your pictures you could be a model because you have very long hair but you you need to lose some weight so you know you're telling which is always yeah it's always heartbreaking to hear that thing where it's like yeah you can be a mom but you need to uh lose some pounds and then you're like why you want me it's like and then you hear about actual you know curvy miles who are like literally uh like literally on uh, like sports illustrated maxim so forth and so on so yeah it, it's the thing about modeling though it's it's weird because it's almost like a gateway into acting, especially since, you know, it's just like, oh, you have a great face. I would love to put you on stage. Like, could you just say these lines, that sort of thing? So, yeah. But, yeah, continue on with your... Uh, no, yeah, like, I, I completely agree. I feel like, you know, modeling is, like, a gateway to acting because a lot of people, they uh, model first and then they go into, like, the entertainment industry of like acting or sometimes they sing or like or, yeah. or or do whatever so i think i was in middle school or elementary school when they um, told me that and it's thinking of thinking back to this like why would you tell a little kid that yeah and like who knows what happened with the damage you know a plot twist i didn't lose the weight hi um uh, literally but um I went to high school and freshman year in my school, they would, every marking period, you would switch uh, an art class. So my my thing was the first marking period, I would have costume design. Second marking period, I would have set design. And then my last marking period was acting. And I remember, my my costume design teacher, her name was, or her name is still, because she still works there, uh, Miss Antinoli. Uh, we called her Miss A. And I remember telling her that I really wanted to act. Uh, that's what I'm here for more, uh, more so. So when my mom came in prepared to the conference, she was like, hey, let's introduce each other to like Miss, uh, Miss Rotundi, uh, Serafina Rotundi. She, I, I love that woman to death. Um, she was the one who actually ignited the spark of acting for me. Uh, I remember uh, it was freshman year, parents to the conference. Miss A took us to the theater room, the black box. She spoke to Mr. Tundi. So all freshman year, uh, I would not go to lunch. I'll go straight to the theater and I'll work with the upperclassmen on acting. And even when I had my freshman acting class for her, I would still be there uh, during lunchtime. 
because I, and I told her, I was like, I want to learn how to act. And so she really, she really did help me. She um, introduced me to uh, the Big Funk. I did like uh, Fifi. She introduced me to like a lot of plays and she really did help me uh, understand more of the text. So she was the one uh, that really helped me see that, okay, this is, this is a thing. And yeah. so, yeah. So that was the only guidance I had. I, I did have one guidance, uh, Jason Jacobs. He worked with Roundabout in the educational program. I think he still does, I'm not sure. But I remember uh, oh, my head was like, I need to get an agent, I need to get an agent. And I told him one day, I was like, hey, I wanna ask you like, how do you, how, I like, I wanna know how to get an agent. How do you get an agent? And he told me, and it, and it's, it stood with me to this day. He literally said, go to college first. Hmm. In my head, I was like, go to college? I don't, I don't even want to go to college. I want to, you know, I want to act. I want to do all this stuff. But yeah. if he didn't say that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, so it's, because, yeah, it, it, it's weird because I, you know, when I was, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a, you have a lovely voice. Why don't you just go into acting? You know, yeah, that sort of thing. And here I am thinking, oh, by the time I'm 30, I'll probably in Hollywood, I'll probably be famous or something. You know, maybe a movie, something like that. And sure enough, when I, turned, when I became 30, I'm like, oh, I don't really know the life I had, you know, thought I would have. And I'm still not, I to say, I'm still in high school. <laughs> I'm still in college. Well, technically speaking, high school, uh, uh, college is technically still in high school, depending on where you go. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, if you go to college, and, you know, i.e. get education, you have much more of a fundamental understanding of what acting is, especially, you know, even if you do go outside for like acting classes, that sort of thing, that still helps you, I think in the same way as acting, you know, uh, that, that would still help you in the same way that going to a college course of acting. So it, it, I think it all depends on uh, where, you, uh, where you get your education. So yeah, uh, Mr. Jacobs, yeah, Mr. Jacobs was right when he said start college. So as long as you get an education into your background, college or even acting classes or even, you know, but I think college is much more the right choice because there are stuff in colleges that they teach that probably acting class, I mean, acting classes outside really doesn't teach you unless you pay them an extra $50 you know, just to say, hey, I want to yeah. about this. And and, uh, and college courses, they're like, yeah, I'll tell you this. And you don't pay anything. You don't pay anything. I have cyber tuition, but it's a story. But yeah, it, I do agree that you need, if you really do want to become an actor, go to college first, or at least get an education and learn about the different styles, especially because acting is not all just like well, to be or not to be, what is the question, and all that stuff. Acting is really just having a sense of feeling and emotion behind each word you do. Even if your character isn't saying anything, your body language is still saying something. 
And that's always something to really uh, gain for is the body language that I'm trying for someone, as opposed to having someone who's just ranting and raving and all that stuff. And if you're just sitting back here, just watching this like this, that's not really doing it. But if you're just sitting here watching someone like ranting and raving, like, I just want to go up there and just slap a person on the stage. Like, you could get on the sensation that as a theater goer or theater member, a theater, a audience member, as an audience member, you get the sensation that the guy on stage really wants to go up in there and slap the shit out of that person on stage. Body language wise, but in, you know, but at, uh oh. That's my house. I was about to say, it was like, uh oh. It was like, is that me? It's, it's the fun part of being inside the house. It's my fault. I didn't tell anyone. I forgot to t- tell them that, like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. Don't, don't come to the living room, but. You know, you get a sneak peek of my family. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but yeah. When you do want to learn about acting, I think it has to, you do have to go to college or at least get an education behind uh, theater and that sort of thing. And speaking of education and college, like once you were done with high school and that sort of thing, did you, it's like, how did you, stumble upon BMCC. Was it like the same thing where it's like, oh, it's like location-wise, it's a good location to go. Uh, I've heard people who were going to BMCC was prospective like that. And, or was it just like, okay, I'm just gonna apply to this school, this school, and this school. And whoever accepts it first, I'm gonna go to them. So basically, BMCC wasn't even an option for me. It was, oh, really? I didn't think that I was going to go to BMCC. At first, I went in, in high school when we were like doing like, you know, you're signing up for colleges and whatnot. I didn't even look at any CUNY community college. I only applied yeah. to, uh, I, SUNY wise, I applied to, um, I, I believe, Plattsburgh, Potsdam. Uh, that that one school that everyone goes to uh, purchase purchase yes yeah I was gonna say either purchase or pace but I'm not sure pace is a certain school so no pace is a is a private school oh, okay yeah and in like uh, SUNY Community College I uh, Herkimer I just to apply uh, yeah. Laguardia I believe. Uh, as well and I I was and also like a few private schools um, NYU but I never like completed the application so like when they um, emailed me saying hey we're not gonna accept you I was like it's my fault because like I didn't go f- I didn't complete the application but at the same time it was like damn that hurt but um, yeah <laughs> yeah leave damn. it yeah. Damn, I'm like, you, why are you gotta be so nasty to me? Yeah, like, come on, man. Uh, I remember I applied to uh, a school in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. And uh, then when I got accepted to it, but then I found out that it, and I really, really, really wanted to go because it was far away and it was Chicago and it was acting, but then I found out it was a two year conservatory. And with my parents, okay. as a Hispanic person, you know, Education is the, the first thing. 
So it was like, yeah. your four year. So then I applied to this private school in Pennsylvania called Susquehanna University. And I got accepted. I was going to go there. I was like, okay, great. But I had surgery. Yeah. And my healing time was going to take months. Ooh, okay. And I was like, okay, um, there's no way that I can go to school. So I had to like drop my, um, my enrollment. I had to tell them everything, what was going on. And I took a break and my mom was like, okay, it's time for you to like look into school. Yeah. At first I was, I was close to like one of my, my friends from uh, high school and she 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 went to LaGuardia and my big sister went to LaGuardia before so I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go to LaGuardia uh whatever uh LaGuardia was far so I looked and it's crazy because I looked at the CUNY website for like schools that were open and LaGuardia like for uh not transferred but like to immediately just enroll but was uh open and my cousin worked at bmcc at that time at the career center and so i went and i did direct submission and i went to her and um she showed me around the place she introduced me to terry and all these people and then she told me oh i have something to tell you that same night and i was like what is it and I, i don't like um and she told me that she was leaving her job. So I was like, this is the only person that I know at the school. I was, I, I had a whole plan at uh, Emerlyn. She's an amazing person, great photographer. Her husband does photography too. She has a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, but, you know, I had this mindset of like, when I do this for theater, cause I'm seeing this theater department is like pretty cool. Uh, you know, I was gonna, I, I was gonna be with her. I was gonna yeah. like, every time break or something or lunch, I would just hang at the career office. That didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. So it was more of, it was time for me to go to school, and it's lucky I said also location-wise. I've, I've never yeah. been in a school in Manhattan. I've never really experienced Manhattan before. So I was like, you know what? The campus looks cool. It looks like kind of futuristic, and um, it's it's in Tribeca. Yeah. And, you know, it's by Chinatown. I'm very familiar with Chinatown. It's by the Brooklyn Bridge six train. I live right off there. I know my where like my whereabouts. So I'm you know I'm gonna try this one out. Like you know the Lower East Side, but you don't know the Lower West Side where the college is on. So it's like almost going like. Yeah, because I was thinking, it was like uh, location-wise, because when I originally tried, it was like, when I was coming back to college and I was like, oh, I'll just fly to these, you know, I applied to Brooklyn College, even though I didn't have my associate's degree at the time. I applied to Brooklyn College, uh, BMCC, and I got, well, I might have been those two things, and Brooklyn College was well, sharp, you need the uh, associate's degree. BMCC is like, come on in, here we go. It's like, you want to go in like, uh, but yeah, it's, and the funny thing is, is my brother went to BMCC too, like years ago when he was like going into, like when he was like studying in college. So, and he was like, 
mm, it's an all right place. And he said the same thing about Brooklyn College, like, mm, it's an all right place. It's like, it's a man of few words, my brother. So, uh, and, but hello. Anyway, uh, yeah, and you're right about the campus. It's like, it's so futuristic. It's like, there's a lot of stuff about PMCC that I do love. I love the atmosphere. I love how the fact that you could go on the walkway bridge just sit down, watch the the sunset over Jersey, and just not be like, actually go, those fucking bastards have the sunset over Jersey. Because because when you try to get a sunset in New York City, in Manhattan, it is hard, unless you're on the west, upper west, like the, uh, the west side highway. It's impossible. So if you're by the upper uh, west side highway, you can yell uh, uh, a sunset so beautifully. So it's like, and a lot of the campus itself had windows facing to the upper, I say upper west side, yeah. the west side highway. So a lot of the campus windows were facing outside to the west side highway. So you always got that beautiful, beautiful scenery of the, the Hudson River. Yeah, the Hudson River, I think. Or, yeah, the Hudson River, whatever river does right there. And then you got, you got Jersey and then you get the whole nice little, uh, sunset vibe that happens and, and it's like what what can you ask for is like it's 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 very difficult to, to see a nice little sunset in uh, Manhattan so yeah so location wise it was a very nice place and everything else is just like so now I just want to go back and actually go visit the campus my camp because the anyway uh, like, you can still go to like battery park all right, and just like you just need to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, but I haven't been on the on the train in a while, so I'm just like, it's like baby, it's like baby steps with the train. But anyway, uh, yeah. In terms of your first semester at uh, at BMCC, how was it like getting, like, was it a good uh, like adjustment period? Because I know being a freshman, first uh, freshman. At a uh, at, at college, it's always a scary experience because you don't have, like you got people who are in, in the same group as you, i.e., other freshmen. But you also have hanging with other seniors, maybe even juniors, sophomores, that sort of thing. So it's like it's a very very mixed group depending on what class you're taking. Uh, first semester wise to like your last semester, how would you progress with like how would you say BMCC was in terms of your academic experience, especially as a theater major? There? Well, my first semester, I didn't really take any acting classes. It was, uh -huh. um, yeah, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I, the only acting-wise I took was intro to theater, and it was for yeah. Phyllis Kedicia Harrison. And um, I had, like, my, my gen ed classes. Yeah. And um, so I, I didn't really, like, have friends. And I, I, I did the fr uh, freshman mistake, which... I ended up so when you, so when everyone you you know when you go to like grade school and yeah. um, you know your class is like school starts at eight school starts at like uh, um, oh nine. god you you didn't you didn't sign up for like morning classes I my English class was at seven in the morning oh god and my math class was at eight in the morning. Monday, Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, eight in the morning for uh for math. Uh, 
Tuesdays and Fridays were my 7 a.m. class for English. So I did that mistake and I hated it. I hated it so much. My second yeah. semester when I uh, when I started getting started doing uh, acting classes because my uh, first semester I met Lori Key because she ended yeah. up being my and um, so she I love Lori Key we, yeah. we all know um, she every every time there was a point to like do classes you know she would never tell me what classes I want. She would just be like, okay, so you're going to take this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, okay. Um, but I, I had her for acting one. Yeah. I had Diane Dowling, who uh, I, I would do anything for that woman. That she is, she is like my fairy godmother when it comes to acting. She was actually the reason why I did not give up, um, but I'll get into that later. Um, so I had like, I had Dowling, I, I, I had, you know, uh, Cheney, and uh, and that's when uh, I auditioned for Almost Maine, and I didn't get it, which is like, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Um, I emailed the, the uh, management email when they were like, oh, sorry, we're not, I wanted feedback, but they never got to me. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I I was like, okay, like this is like a lesson learned. Whenever you don't get like called back in in this industry, you're not always gonna get feedback. Yeah. You know, you either have it, you you either don't. Yeah. Um, my second semester, no, my I already did my second, my third semester. Um, I, 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 the end of the second semester, I auditioned for the Arsonist Pop Cheese uh, show. Yeah. And, but the same day of my callback was the same day of another surgery I had. Ooh, damn. I emailed the person who was in charge of it and I was like, oh, damn. And, um, and so I remember waking up from the, the recovery room and my dad was with me and I was like I need I need to go to the MCC for this callback and my dad was like there's no way you're you still have like the anesthesia in you you're like droopy and all that you cannot go so they told me yeah we're gonna do other auditions in, uh, in January when we come back so yeah. then talked to that and I was supposed to go and um go travel with my with my dad and he already bought the tickets for him because I was like oh I don't know because uh, I might get into a show I'm, I'm gonna audition and I have this I had this thing where so when I auditioned I didn't get it so then you know Hispanic parents and being in the minority household and having like expectations um, it was basically said to me that like you shouldn't believe anything when it comes to casting because you won't get anything so that really that really hurt me yeah um so like that really that really discouraged me a lot and i remember i was the point of like uh giving up and acting i i was gonna like change my major because i was like this isn't this i i wasn't feeling good about it yeah. um i was i was doing stage management 
for for the arsonist is ever she's in the bathroom and i remember um always when i was doing stage hands and whatnot i i i was upsetting myself because it was like why why am i in the background when you know i want to be on, in the foreground on, in the, yeah and so i i was really just like discouraged and then i found out that dowling was doing imaginary invalid yeah um, on my fourth semester so i didn't find out like what she was doing but i i told her i was like hey i i heard that you're um you're auditioning uh you're doing an audition for a show like what show are you doing i i want i i remember i really really wanted to know i had this myself like i i need to be in this show because it's it's to the point that I'm questioning. Yeah. My, am I? I was. I was upset that I was about to let four-year-old me down. I kept the promise to myself since four, and I was, and I was to the point of breaking that promise. So then she had mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And lo and behold, sorry to interrupt you, but lo and behold, it's less like you. It's like, not to like, put anything in the spoiler thing, but you know. You, it's like now it's like oh it's like you've been working hard to get into this one show and then here, here you are a few years later and you're like so much experience in terms of that like acting thing. so yeah but continue yeah so um of course a hundred percent um but when i found out that she was doing like the imaginary invalid i um i told myself like okay you have to this this woman knows how you act already. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. This semester when I had her for uh for her class, I would have missed it a lot. And I, <laughs> I I don't I to this day I'm like I don't I'm just so stupid because it's like Dowling is such a wonderful person. It's like oh, she is. Yeah. So like if, if I could go on back in time or like if I could get an e permit and take that class, I would with her. So I, I told myself, I was like, you have to show her that Angelique, the, the character, when I saw like, oh, she's the daughter. Um, in me, I was like, you have to show her that this is your part. Like you have to in and, and, you know, turn into Angelique, show her. I am the I am the one and only person you can like you you can't picture anyone but me as Angelique. So I uh, we had auditions and uh, Alex, uh, my best friend, whole wide world, Alex Eller. Um, the previous semester, she was telling me how uh, Dowling wanted her to audition, and yeah. she's looking at her as the maid. And one day, Dowling asked me, "Oh, cause." Um, I remember me, uh, no, uh, Alex, Jeffrey Pena, and I, we were like, okay, we're going to uh, audition the three of us, because Dowling yeah. was like, you go. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go on this day, and then you're going to be this person, you're going to be this person, I'm going to be this person. And I go the day before, and um, she she basically was, uh, was, was like, um, what what character do you want to be? And 
uh, and I was like, okay, uh, I want to be Angelique. And she goes, okay, so well, uh, what about the maid? In my head, I was like, oh, you want Alex as the maid. But yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I, could, I can uh, relate to Angelique a lot. So, yeah, yeah so then we, we ended up in her uh, internship program. Yeah. I would read as, like, the mother, the maid, but I was consistently reading as the daughter. And my whole goal was, you know, if I don't get anything, you know, that's probably okay. Maybe change my major, but yeah, uh, I, I knew, like, I would be really not ups upset at anyone. I'll just be upset with myself. And yeah. so when she told me I, I um, got the role. Mm. It was like, it, Dowling basically was, she, she gave me hope again. She gave me hope that this is my craft. This is the reason why I'm acting today. I had the same thing happening with me when I transferred to, to college, where it was like, oh, it's like I kind of got, I was like, I would audition for stuff at Hunter. I would be very disillusioned over like why I'm enacting and then when I transferred out of Hunter College into being uh, into Brooklyn College, I actually auditioned for a local theater group called Brooklyn One Productions and they were doing a production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, no, much to do about nothing. Though. And here I am, uh, I do my thing as uh, the main guy uh, it's like the main guy you know the main prince who is in love with this other friend uh, like this princess and she doesn't like give a damn about her and give a damn about him and I'm trying to do my best in terms of the thing and afterwards like oh okay that was great and the director he's looking at was like oh you also applied for both Dogberry and Virtus why well, and I told him point blank, I was like, well, I, I like to play zany characters. I like to really do energetic characters, that sort of thing. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Sure enough, it's like, uh, I walk out the audition, like, okay, I probably didn't get it. A couple of days later, I got a call saying, hey, Brian, I loved your audition. Would you like to play the role as Virgis? I'm like, Virgis? I'm like, yes, of course. And I'm like, thank you. So it's like, yeah, it, it's the, the thing about acting is that yes, you do get disillusioned into being an actor. It's like, am I really doing the right thing? I'm always not getting auditions. Auditions, you know, are a whole thing by itself. It's like auditions. It's like essentially you, like literally playing with the director, like you wanting to bait the director with you. Not the person that you did that just came in. You want you as the per you know, you you want the director to cast you, not the person that just came in or the person coming after. They want you, and they want you to. They want them. You want them to bite onto that hook, so them to go okay, 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 and to finally, okay, I got you. That's the thing. It's like it's a weird analogy to use, but. I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 5, and in that game, you do a lot of fishing just as a passing thing, so. so anyway, but yeah, being somewhat disillusioned with acting, I also changed my major into film, which is also a wrong career choice for me, especially with 
Chris Hunter actually had the wrong way of doing the film. Uh, you had to do a C or better in the, the opening class, and that class was like hard as anything. And that was like a production class, so it was like, imagine going into a theater production class and it's like, oh, you have to get, into, uh, you have to get like a C or better in a the theater production class, but the theater production was just more or less about like, Stuff that you don't know about, and they're not really teaching you as much as they thought they were teaching you. And they're doing like weekly tests, like daily tests, and such. So, yeah, um, I do understand. It's like even when you do get this solution, there's always that role that's out of the blue that helps you into acting again. It literally, it's um, so hearing that, like, literally responding back to the thing, oh, it's like. When I play the role of Burgess in Much Ado About Nothing, that really helped me back to it. It's like, okay, I know I want to do acting more because this stuff, and like, this is like so fun to do. And I would always get wonderful stage, I mean, wonderful direction, like just keep doing what you're doing, that sort of thing. And even though Burgess barely has any lines, is what we were just talking about before, his body language is what he's saying. And when you have to keep up with Dogberry, and Dogberry is like the, the idiot as opposed to Burgess, who is like more of a straight man, actually intelligent guy. But he's much more of a Burgess lackey in terms of the saying that he kind of like falls after him. It's, it's like one of those joyful experiences I would love to do again. I would love to do you know, acting again, but because of COVID and stuff like that, it, it was, it's hard to do acting because a lot of these acting uh, things are very limited now because of, you know, just location, just location wise, but also just like limited in audition wise, I guess. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Like you, you would have that one character that literally sets it off for you. Yeah. I, um, last year at my, my, my job, uh, I was helping a customer and she just kept looking at me and she, she told me that I looked familiar. Yeah. Turns out she saw Imaginary Invalid. Oh, really? Yeah, and she was like, you did so amazing because of that, I decided to take a theater class after nice. watching Invalid. And because her thing was like, were you in a pink dress before? And I was like, like yes, oh. I was. Yes, I, I was. I was in a very pink dress, the only pink dress. Um, but yeah, it's it's those characters that um, basically. Uh, sorry, my my sister was texting me. Uh, no it's it's one of those roles that's like. It, it stays with you. Yes, it it stays. It, it literally stays with you because it. You never know what role would change your life. Yeah. And it's... Uh, yeah. It, it's like, yeah, one of those roles that does change your life. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're doing a dramatic role, like something like Angels in America, and you're playing, oh, you're, you're playing the role as Angel. And, and people are like, you know, it's like five years later, and someone walks up to you and is like, I, I know you before. Like, I've seen you on stage. I'm like, yeah, I've been on stage. So I'm an actor. So it's like, like, were you in Angels in America? I'm like, yes, yeah. I was. I was in Angels in America. Did you play the angel? Like, yes, I played one of the angels. So yeah, it's like, so it, it's it's great to have people actually coming up to us like, hey, you were so great in such and such. So because it also gives you affirmation that you are going through it. 
Uh, but speaking on the imaginary ballad, you were a fantastic Angelique, and it does actually bring out a great discussion, which is comedy. You do comedy so well. Now, I know anybody who doesn't know Shelley, she inspires to be on SNL one day. And when she was graduating from BMCC, she actually, uh, I believe, yeah, it was BMCC, but I don't remember if it was you who made it, but you had like a graduation cap that literally says, you know, on my way to SNL or something like that, because I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was one step closer to SNL. Now, Um, yeah, uh, what draws you to comedy, but then more specifically, what draws you into wanting to be on SNL for like a period of time, I think it was. SNL is like, you know, you could be on the show for like one season or maybe even 15 years, like Keenan and Thomas. I was, I was literally about to say like Keenan. <laughs> like, I was about to say like our friend Keenan. I was like, wait, that's wrong, Keenan. Plot twist. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, first, like, I just want to give like props to my friend, uh, James Jones uh, Jr. He was the one who created the, the cap for me. Um, oh, nice. I had my vision, and I it just wouldn't it wouldn't go. It just would not happen. And he was there, and I was freaking out. He was like, "Okay, what do you want?" And I drew it for him. And he's like, "I got it," and he did it. He's amazing. I love him. Um, an amazing actor. Oh God, uh, I would. I did work with him with Kavanaugh, uh, Catherine Kavanaugh. Uh, Everything will be alright. My final semester at Beams and I have to give props to her because she did help me open more of my dramatic side um, I with her yeah. I, I didn't jump into the pool but she she made the kitty pool for me and she, yeah. was, <laughs> she was teaching me how to swim so when yeah. it came to the serious side it was, she was the one that really opened it for, for me which is like I'm so forever grateful for her um but yeah, uh, the reason why I wanted to be in SNL, I um, I've always always looked up into uh, looked up to Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, and just seeing how you know they started out at UCB, which I ended up being a student at at one point, um, and you know joining our, the improv club and seeing how you know seeing how everything was and I, I I did my research. Every week was different. Um they would get yeah. for the beginning of the, the of the week and then they'll have everything like memorized um and on time for the show, which I found out they don't have to memorize their lines because they have a cue card guy. That yeah. Really- which is- which is always great when you're watching live and you see someone just like kind of like glance to their left or their right and just like read something off of a cue card. Because you could tell like the hosts do that like more naturally. Someone like Christopher Walken when he's hosting on the show, you could just tell he's reading off a cue card because you know, oh, a lot of this stuff is good. And then you could tell he's just reading off a cue card and somehow still make it work. But then they're all hosts that are able to not even read off a cue card and still make it work. But yeah. The the cue even though you're still memorized, there's still cue cards just like still waiting. Just it's like almost like a cheat sheet where it's just like it's like you don't want to mess up your line, but still like shit, where's the line? And just like 
kind of like lands over to your left or your right, just like ah, right. And on top of that, it's like who who could blame them? Yeah. Because would literally change like the scene thirty minutes before. They can even change it during open house. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. But I I really loved improv and seeing how you know you can make a living of just like entertaining people and you know every every week is different you get that uh that rush and yeah. i've always that rush and a lot of people were telling me they were like you know what you're gonna you're gonna be an snl one day solely you you belong in snl and mind you i didn't know what snl was for a while yeah. until uh high school and a lot of people they're like oh you're okay you should host snl you should be casting snl and you know, I, I still have a goal. Uh, it's not my end game. It's not like, okay, this is the job that I want. Because I want to do everything. I want to act in television, film, and, um, and uh, off-Broadway, Broadway. I, I, I want to do everything. Yeah. Um, I, I call myself an actor in training until I believe I've done everything. Um, but I one of my goals uh right now is to hopefully one day uh act and write for snl and if not and if i don't get the opportunity to do that i came to terms as uh like a couple i think a year or two ago i came to terms of like okay if i don't get to be cast in snl or get to write for snl i would love to host snl one night and I think, for the most part, you do have the, the tendency to actually be a great addition to SNL, either as a not ready for prime time player, i.e., a cast member, or the secondary supporting cast, or even as a host, where it's like you just bring a great energy into your, to, like not only community shops, but just like a great energy into your acting as well, even when you're doing the serious stuff, which I'll actually hold. Bit, but Thank yeah, you. uh, yeah, there's just something about you when you're on stage, it's like people kind of already notice, like, oh, they kind of like have you more of like they kind of like focus on your stuff, but you're very, very energetic in terms of your acting, but at the same time, you're not like energetic, like, oh, I'm doing like this all wacky stuff, it's like it's very, very unique in terms of your like comedic thing where it's like you're not sure like how it's like once you watch her on stage and see how she is it's hilarious because because if you go to the bmcc uh, uh youtube channel for the theater they have the uh, imaginary invalid right now and you, and you can actually see her on stage as Angelique, and you can tell why she is so hilarious and stuff because not only does she bring like not only does she say lines funny, but also she's able to like say a lot of this stuff and carry a lot more of the emotional weight behind some of these lines and still be hilarious at the same time. You're embarrassing me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I do that. I do that. I do that when I know someone personally. I've seen that work like a bunch of times. So it's like, or at least several times. If I know them first, I, I, but since I know you for the past like four years, it's like, I got to understand that's what I worked with you previously. 
with the improv club, which I, I would actually want to bring into the next question is that the improv club at BMCC, uh, I know when you were doing that, you were also doing improv at the same time. Yes. And how was, right. how was, yeah, how was that managing both the improv club and doing your uh, main production like at the same time? It was, it was hard. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it, but like, you know, that was easy, you know, like, uh, I have like eight lives, like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not proof from Charm that did a spell to make like three memes, you know, um, yeah. it was, it was really hard. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, uh, the, you know, I, I had Jessica, uh, Jessica with me was, was like really helpful. Um, but uh, when I had to take care of it, because um, cause, uh, Jessica was going through like personal stuff, yeah. I told her like, listen, uh, you're the president, I'm the vice president. When it comes to executive decisions, you know, I, I rank second highest. So I told her, I was like, listen, I, I'll take care of it. You take care of yourself. And yeah. at first she did not want to do that. She was like, you know, I'm, she, she was very, very explicit with her not trying to let me do everything myself. She didn't want to help, but I, I told her, I was like, listen, uh, I got it. And you know, during the time, unfortunately, like with like my two other uh, cabinet members, it wasn't really the greatest. Um, but you know, it was really hard. Uh, Keenan, who was like uh, at that time, he became like senator of the student government. He did um, offer for help. He continuously told me, like, listen, if you need help running the club, I got you. But it was more of I. I didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. Created a club that was meant for like for everyone. And I wanted to I wanted to keep the honors and the true um, definition of the impact club, but um, unfortunately, you know, it 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 didn't like go as planned as I wanted, especially with everything would be alright. Um, yeah. I also noticed that like not a, not a lot of people came and like people weren't having as much fun as like when the previous uh, cabinet ran it. But, um, you know, after years of that, that happening and, you know, I, I've spoke with like Keenan and Jessica and, you know, we still talk. They're like my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. They, they knew how much I felt bad about it. Yeah. Um, it was to a point that like I, I cried to them. Uh, Specifically, Keenan, because Keenan yeah. was the one who, like, he was, he, it, it was his baby, still. Yeah. And um, he was like, you know, it's it's not your fault that this happened. Yeah, I, I I think in terms of the, the clubs, it's just that after a while, especially if you're doing a club, and because this is from my experience, I was the theater theater club, drama club, what have you, treasurer for like a time. And running a club is just like... It takes a lot. 
Yeah, it takes a lot. And I did the same thing at Brooklyn College. I sure have not done because that one had to, that one was just like the, the same stuff that literally happened, but it, it's much more of a, a, of an interesting story that I could go over one day, but I don't want to go into one day because it's just like one long spiel about what happened. But yeah, I, I do agree that it, it isn't your fault. I think it just it just happens to be uh, timing and just circumstances of just like yeah, and it's it's like high school. I I was able to chew more than I bite. Um, I always growing up, I always you know bit more than I can chew. Um, yeah, and but I was able to juggle it. But now with like college and whatnot, I I still had the mindset of like, yeah, I can do it. But when it came to that, it's what I learned, uh, my time there at BMCC also being like, you know, the vice president and the president of it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and my advice to you guys that um, don't chew more than, don't bite more than you can chew or something. Some don't. Yeah. My analogy is, if you have a plate, don't overfill it because yeah. your plate is going to end up full. And, yeah. then, you know, I had the mindset of, like, I could, I'm, I'm a server, I can manage so much plates, but then when it came crashing down, I, you know, always put yourself first. Yeah. Really think about it, like, can, all right, I can do this, I can do that, but can I, can I, manage more than I can, that I'm already am managing. Yeah, it's like what you said before, it was like the freshman mistake, where it's just like taking morning classes, but this was like much more of a, not, this was more of a more advanced level, where it's just like, this is actually you running yeah. something, that's what you do. Yeah, and it's like, especially when there's like people depending on you, um, honestly, I, I do not regret um, yeah. anything. Like if I could, if they told me, hey, like, listen, um, if you wanna redo, if you wanna travel back in time, would be, yeah. would you change anything? No, I would absolutely do everything again, same way. Because honestly, and this is why I was talking about this is why I said before with uh, BFC and, and their slogan is that you could just start here and just go anywhere. And, oh, yeah, literally. Like, literally, just start here and go anywhere. And some of the stuff, even if you made bad choices at BMCC, like, I know I've had made bad choices at BMCC. Oh. And, yeah. And you probably made bad choices at BMCC, but yeah. uh, no regrets. And, uh, but yeah. <laughs> No, I was trying to do the thing from uh, what's called shoot, uh, meet the where the mellows or meet the mellows, and it's the, like that guy who goes no regrets, and he has the like no regrets and stuff no. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, if I had if I had a chance to go in BMCC, I wouldn't really change a lot aside from the fact that I would go as a freshman instead of transfer, because that's what's, that's the only thing I felt I didn't want was transferring into BMCC. As opposed to just going into as a fresh, as a little as a literal freshman, where I could just relearn all this stuff again. But that was that would be the only thing I would probably change. Where it's like I wouldn't change anything I'd done at BMCC, aside from the fact that I would just go into it as a freshman. Yeah, 
as opposed to just being transferred. Because as a transfer student, I feel like I got a lot of the. I feel like as a transferee, transfer as a trans as a transfer as a transfer student, I feel like I got the uh, the ass end of a horse. You know, where it's just like I got a lot of things wrong. I didn't take a lot of these earlier classes, you know, uh, basically a lot of my stuff that I learned at Kingsborough, which pretty much like cut in half to what was learned at BMCC. But anyway. But yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you are right now. If, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But, and speaking of being where you are right now, you actually go to a pretty wonderful campus that isn't much of a hike to get to City College. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like actually attending City College as a theater student? Because I've talked to a, another person yesterday, Amanda, and she was my previous guest, and she was talking about how the theater department over there is very welcoming and very, like a very helping hand. Is it the same way where, where it's like, if you want to do something with the theater from there, they're like, we got it. It's, so the, <laughs> the, the theater department there, it's, yes, uh, I, I agree with Amanda. If you want to do something like, okay, I got you. Um, they do have like professors that like, once they believe in you, like, you know, they believe in you. There's, um, there's no doubt. Um, yeah. It is comparing with UCC uh, and CCNY, it is different. It is yeah. completely different. The The people are different. Um, Academic-wise is different. But yeah. what um, CCNY offers more classes, um, more stuff. Um, BMCC, what I noticed is that with, with BMCC, everyone knew each other. Yeah. Um, everyone was like a, a tight group, but with it was like, that, it was that hallway. It was that hallway. That's why it was a hallway, and then it ended up being SGA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we CCY does have their own hallway, but um, it, it's called the lounge. So it's like for theater students, they sitting around. Um, yes, loungy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> CCY people, they're very, they're very welcoming. Same yeah, BMCC people, but you um, what you notice a lot is uh, it's you you would think you have like your tight group, but everyone's a group. Yeah, it's it's there's no like clicks and all that. It's just like everyone just knows everyone. Yeah, and, like you know, um, what BMCC is like. Okay, you and I we know each other. Okay, cool. Uh. You know, I, I know, like, some of your family. Okay, cool. Like, I met them. Why not? CCY. Okay, I met you. So now I know your blood type. So now <laughs> ancestors. Like, I, I know that you were related to Queen, you're related to Queen Elizabeth. I know this. Um, Party-wise, different. <laughs> really different. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I've heard that the, the CCNY parties are, like, legendary as opposed to BMCC parties where just, like, it was like BMCC parties I heard is like we rave until dawn and then they'd be like, well, I'm going to leave after one. And then I CCMY was like, we'll rave until dawn and they mean it. 
I um I remember my very first CCNY party. I was actually being CC. Uh, it was for um, doing everything would be alright. The whole cast were like, yeah, we're gonna go to this party. One of our friends invited us, and Kavanaugh and uh, Professor Charles Burks. Um, you know, they were hearing about it, and and <laughs> Kavanaugh was like, because then we all agreed to have a last minute. Everything would be alright. Matinee. Yeah. And I was like, um, guys, don't party. So we have a matinee tomorrow. Guys, please don't party. That might and, have been the one I've seen, so. <laughs> yeah. And um, Burks was like, you know, guys, I know you want to, like, you want to party, but it's not worth it. You know, focus and go straight home, straight home. And we were like, yeah, we're going to go straight home. Yeah. But then we ended up taking the train and we ended up going to uh, the party. And um, <clears throat> I remember it, it was it was very interesting. It was really interesting. Um, Cardi B's song "Bodak Yellow" was like really big back then. Um, still is, but uh, I remember <clears throat> there was this one time um, they were playing "Bodak Yellow" and I got so hyped and I was like, I'm like singing along and whatnot, and then someone changes it in like the middle of the song and I was. Yeah. And I, I remember I was like tipsy or like uh, uh, not drunk, but I was like tipsy. Was. I just sobered up real fast. And the person, our friend who like invited us, I was like, yo, dude, I'm, I'm about to go home. I'm, I'm going because <laughs> like this is ridiculous. Uh, I was in my mood. I was in the room singing party. And now they, they're playing country music. Turns out years later. <laughs> One of uh, my my friends, who I ended up being in the same show with my first semester at CCNY, um, he was the one who actually turned off the music. Which oh, was, really? Yeah, like we we literally put out, and it turns out like we met at that party, but we were um, we were we were too out of it to even remember. Hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, it's very it's very different. Um, uh, it's more of being to see is like when thing goes when you know I I think with being to see you get a little bit more privacy. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're gonna welcome you in open arms. But uh just so you know like we got, we're gonna know everything. So um be prepared. Just um you know it's 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 like a how do you say it? Uh, not Big Brother, but um, uh, once 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 you have a once you have a piece of cake, it's like everyone knows you got a piece of cake, so you got to share with everyone. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the people here are great. Honestly, I I've learned a lot at CCY. Um, but I'm I'm talking too much. Next question. Next question. <laughs> uh yeah that actually brings me to like one of my last questions which is essentially uh how do you feel especially as an actress now performing at ccmy uh and performing at bmcc like how do you compare the two styles because i know at bmcc it's like it's like you're still learning but the stuff i've seen at ccmy feels a lot more raw and a lot more like yeah, roar in the sense of wow, this is really, this is really really personal. Like, like 
Alex's show that I saw early, earlier this year. Savage. Uh, huh? Savage and Limbo. Yeah, Savage and Limbo. I felt that was like really, really, like really, really raw. And the, and the shows I've been able to see at CCMY, like the, uh, the student showcase, that sort of thing, or yeah, student showcase, or whatever it was called. Because I couldn't get to see the main stage production because it would always be on a, a time when I had class or I live in Brooklyn and going to Brooklyn from here to Upper West Side, it's all by itself a trip. That hill you have to climb. Yeah, and there's that hill too. And yeah. I, the, okay, funny story. The first time I went to be a WMCC CCMY, I got lost for like a half, for almost an hour. Shut up. Because the yeah. I went to CCMY was when I was in high school and I was in the S, uh, SAT program and they were like, okay, you have to go to this school to take like a practice test. Me and my friends, we got so lost. We, um, we ended up having to, uh, we had to like walk up a hill and all that. And I remember how, I remember I vowed to myself. I was like, and this was like uh, around 2014. Yeah. I was like, I am never going to this school. I am never, <laughs> uh-uh, this school is dead to me. And, and it is funny, uh, after taking that, uh, that, program my SAT scores was lower oh really I actually doing it on myself so um I was like I'm never doing this again and then it turns out I'm at BMCC well I'm not I mean I'm at CCMY yeah so I'm at City College I'm like someone gave them my $100 deposit and I was like take my money but yeah uh for my last question how is it compared to BMCC style of, of acting where it feels like people are still learning the ropes, they are very naturalist actors compared to uh, City College where the acting feels a lot more raw and personal, like as I was saying before. Like, how is that, you don't want to, I don't need you to compare the styles, but in, in your experience, like how do you see those two, uh, two colleges with their acting? One thing that I can say um, for myself, I have grown a lot in my techniques. I, uh, I've noticed yeah. that I have grown a lot. I've expanded a lot. Um, you know, I, I feel like BMCC helped build the foundation. Yeah. And CCNY helped it's maintain like, that foundation not not maintain it but um it helped strengthen it strengthen it it helped um like uh bmcc was the one that uh found the city you know uh if you get a piece of land bmcc was like you know they're the one that put the concrete floor so uh Ser serfina rotundi she was the one that found the land BMCC was the one that like made the foundation, the concrete to make it solid, and CCNY made the buildings and uh, made the houses and all that. Um, I noticed that I'm more comfortable uh, with my more serious side, more dramatic side. Um, I am still doing comedy. Uh, the two semesters ago, uh, last fall, I did um the fantastics and it was a musical and it was a comedy 
And yes, comedy, musical. I've never done a musical before. That was my first musical ever. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun. Uh, I, I had my very first experience of being an ensemble, which is like, it brings back to what you were saying when you were in that show, you barely had any lines because people didn't remember you. Yeah. I, I had little to no lines in Caucasian Chalk Circle and people remembered me. People loved me. Um, cause this is all about body language. Yeah. So people were able to remember me just by reacting to what someone's saying. Um, with King Lear, David Willinger is like, he is, he is just like Dowling. Like Dowling is my theater mom and Willinger is my theater dad. That is it. <laughs> That's it. Like I have my parents, but when <laughs> the theater world, I have my parents. Um, but, um. Yeah, it's, you know, it, I, I feel like in the end of the day, if I never went to CCNY, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. Uh, Self-growth when it comes to um, my craft. I took this class called Body Movement with Keith Grant, and we did a mask work. Oh, really? So, um, no, you don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Very serious in your acting, yeah, do it. But it, it that class changed my life. It um it makes you really uh, confront a lot of things that you suppress a lot, which really helped me get into my serious side. Which really helped me dive into more of the dramatics of acting. Um, so when I did King Lear, I, I knew I wanted to be in King Lear. Cordelia, I was like, Cordelia was mine. Um, I, I pulled the whole Dowling thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I came into the audition, like memorized with Cordelia's monologue. And I, and also I, in the original text, I, um, Cordelia is, is, and the fool are the same actor. So that's oh, really? Yeah, they're original productions. Um, so, Serafina Rotundi, I told her about the auditions. She helped me get the book. She helped me get a, uh, a book about learning Shakespeare's life. She, um, she helped me get like the Shakespeare glossary book. Diane Dowling, she, like, she prepped me for the audition. Um, she was like, okay, so this is what this person is saying. Um, so she was kind of like, training me of getting ready because this this was something cordelia was angelique for me. yeah she, uh she was the ccoi angelique for me um so when i walked in i was like same mindset i have to show this man that i am cordelia mm. and when i did the monologues and i also auditioned with alex so we walked inside together and Ooh, nice yeah <laughs> And so then they had me sing, and I, I sang La Vie Rose from Imaginary Invalid, um, which is funny because Alex thought that Dowling wrote it, and then she found out recently that she didn't, she never wrote it. So she texted me it out, <laughs> and it's funny. But, um, you know, and it's, it's always, CCNY helped me become more aware of, what I need to do as an actor to get what I want. Mm. 
it helped me become more serious with myself. It helped me uh, be uh, a good noodle, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it helped me realize that, okay, if I'm really, really interested in this, I need to make sure that I do the work. Because yeah. it's not my career, my, my goal, my life goal. And I honestly, like, I don't care if I become famous. Like a lot of people are like, you need to get famous. And I'm like, I, all I want to do is make people laugh, make people cry, make people feel. Um, yes. Let people, I, I, I want to be the one to welcome the audience into the world that I help create. Yeah. Help the audience connect to a character that I've become. And um, I, I do believe Cecil White has helped me. Uh, mind you, it's, I have to give the credit more to like David Willinger because David Willinger has only been my, literally my only acting teacher since I transferred to CCLI, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, I had no one else. There was no one else besides this person. Yeah, um, you had like all these other teachers, but that was him. Um, he was, he was the, the one that opened Shakespeare to me. Yes, I did like Shakespeare with Dowling, but he was the one that's like, he taught acting three, which was the Shakespeare um, and like um, classic stuff. And, you know, he, after King Lear, like he told me, he was like, since uh, your first audition, I always knew you were going to be Cordelia. And that was, when he told me that, that was, it, it was as, oh, I'm going to get emotional. Stop it, Brian. Uh, all right. You know what? I think at, at this note, because I think because we've pretty much like gone for like almost like an, uh, an hour and a half of just talking about your thing. Yep. Yeah, we just talked. Which is going to be fun because I, 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 I've done it. I've, because I've split episodes in two before. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think though, all right, just to end this on a very great note, uh, you answered one of the questions before, which is essentially, uh, do you have any advice? And I think the advice was don't overfill, you know, overfill your basket. You know, don't put your eggs in one basket. That's what it was. Yeah. Don't overfill your plate. Uh, do you have any social media that you want to plug? Um, um <laughs> uh, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, my Instagram, uh, I just got to Twitter. Uh, I had, uh, I have YouTube, but like, I, I haven't really been on it. I only did like two videos and that's it. Um, but, uh, my Instagram is holy moly solely, uh, like holy, like holy water <laughs> and moly and a solely. Um, and my Twitter, I don't know if you need to, it's Solana Correas, S-O-L-A-Y-N-A-C-O-R-E-A-S. I, I recently got back on it. I'm just like tweeting random stuff. Um, but I don't really like tweet that much, but I'm, I'm more active on, uh, Instagram. But, uh, I, I just want to say thank you for, for having me. Of course. Uh, and just thank you for actually giving me a time and place for allowing you to actually express yourself but also talk about your experiences not only with uh 
I mean, it also brings me a, like, I should have asked you about oh, what happened. It was like, I, the weird thing about this is that a lot of the show has been uh, corresponding around with COVID and stuff like that, especially with the uh, projects. And I know your show, uh, the, the, the Next City College production, like literally uh, House of Spirits, I think. Yeah, House of Spirits or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I, if I said the, uh, the, 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 the play wrong, but I know it was like literally on preview night or one of the preview nights or at least dress rehearsals and that was the only time you got to perform that play, which just sucks. It's, um, I remember like I cried, but it's more upset for like the actors. I, Willinger uh, contacted me because one of his actors got sick and it was two weeks before tech week and he contacted me he was like can you i know this is like last minute but can you fill in that was i i think the most i've ever like i don't i don't know what what happened what i did but within six days i memorized all my lines and um just like just for like opening the open dress we found out like, hey, it's canceled. We're not even gonna have people come in to uh, watch it. And it was, you know, I just feel bad for the people that, the, the, for the rest of the cast that they they were working for it for weeks. So like, yeah. In, or, or so. And just like me, just walking in like two weeks before, like, hey guys. But, um, you know, I, I felt their pain because yeah. imagine that would have like happened with a show like if it, if it would happen with like imaginary invalid, yeah, I I would have been devastated. Yeah, it, it's like Lily, you're you got people who are doing this show for like six weeks or so, maybe even eight weeks, depending on how much the pre-production phase are with the some of these main stage shows, and then you hear we got to cancel the show because there's a pandemic outside, and we don't want people to be you know bring it into a thing because getting sick in theater is a story uh, all by itself i oh when i did fantastics i got sick the week before tech oh god yeah and i had a high fever my everything my body was aching i performed towards the end of my of me getting sick oh and wow so it was like i remember uh two of my friends mia and nancy nancy was a choreographer that for three days straight they would not allow me to eat anything but soup i could not like they were like you cannot talk i've i've never missed rehearsal before but i had to miss it one day yeah so weak and so sick to do rehearsal to the point that like, if I stay for rehearsal, I will get everyone sick. But yeah. everyone else got sick during the show. So yeah, it, it, and like I could just say before, getting sick in theater is not fun by itself. Anyway, that that has been episode three of season three. Episode I don't know three, why. Three. Yes. Not 33, but just episode three of season three. And 
My name, as always, is Brian M. Davis. Thank you for joining me today, Sully. It, it was great catching up, not only just catching up in general, but also just catching up with your acting. That's what I uh, Yeah, just take care, everyone, and just stay safe and wear a damn mask. Bye.